Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome back to Wildcast Studios for the final preseason episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I am your host, Adam, and I am joined by, well, he didn't really go anywhere, so he is back with us, your favorite co-hoster and mine, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. How was the week in St. And Steven. That's correct. St. Steven. Steven. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Pretty good. Um, we were staying at the Winsome Inn, uh, which I had an, uh, I was assuming that's where we would be staying. So, uh, you know, they, they label themselves as one of the nicest motels in the Maritimes. And? Good. <laughs> uh, good. You know, my first impression. I mean, was there's a, not a lot of motels in the no. maritime so technically yeah they start there there's really not and st Stephen, there's not much there anyways they're building a, a best western but that's not opening till next summer so the winsome inn is the top place to stay mm-hmm. my f- my first impression was okay it's gonna be a long week <laughs> um but you know what if you're staying there for work there's only two things you care about one is the bed right. and the comfortableness. Comfortability. Comfortability. <laughs> yeah. And two is the shower pressure. Yeah. The bed was decently comfortable. So out of 10? About an eight. Okay. Uh, the shower presser, I got to say, was perfect. Uh, the height was great. The pressure was great. Um, so, yeah, the I, I had a great shower experience. I was going to say, because we're not short so mm-hmm. like, we're not short people we're average average height but i've i've always find if the shower pressure is good the height of the shower is like my chin and i gotta tuck under yeah and but it was it was good it i was, was surprised good. you didn't it was put... probably like uh this is gonna look really bad on camera but it was you know <laughs> probably like you know six i'd say about six feet and the the water was was shooting uh really really good right, right and, at you, right uh, at nice you. uh nice pace yeah um the, it, that i'm sure that looks anybody's watching on camera is probably gonna laugh right now because that looked really bad at this, um this is at this moment if you are listening on the audio on spotify and or apple head over to youtube yeah uh find this point about two and a half minutes in <sighs> click on the uh podcast <laughs> podcast on youtube find that because that is uh that's on, that's on the blooper reel. Um, but honestly, no, it was a pretty yeah. good week. Uh, you know what? I, I brought my passport because I was like, you know what? I could literally walk across the border right now, right. but I never did. Um, even though I was literally working here and the bridge was here, like I saw the CBSA officers yeah. working. That's how close I was, but I never did go across. You ever find when you get close to the border, going across the border? Even if you've never done anything wrong in your life. It's super stressful. It's super stressful. You're nervous. You're like, oh, did somebody put cocaine in my car that I don't know about? <laughs> uh, are they going to find me for that one time I stole a candy bar when I was like eight yep. years old? Like, yep. like, uh, like I went with uh, Clinton Aaron, a couple of buddies from, from Alberta, and we went down in a little accent. Same thing. Never been arrested. Never been anything like that. And it was a 45-minute experience. Now- I will say what happened was there was a border guard shot just past uh, BC about a month and a half before we went. So three dudes in a little accent going down to watch football, as they would say, (laughs) in Denver, um, which had just, I believe, become legal for weed. Not that Mm -hmm. any of us at that time did it. I don't know what their situation is now, but uh, I'm surprised that you didn't need coffee in your hotel room if 
like I, I would figure a coffee guy like you would want coffee. Like that would be like there'd be three things in a hotel room. Yeah, so there was no coffee. That, pot. There's three things for us when we're in a hotel room, yeah. and it better have coffee for Layla. There was no coffee pot. Uh, <laughs> so, there was no coffee. Yeah. If you wanted coffee, you had to go, and it was only available during breakfast hours. You had to right. walk outside and into the lobby area. Like I'm so used to having like a Keurig or some sort of a coffee maker mm-hmm. uh, in the room, and that just it wasn't like that. But you know, I'm not gonna go and ditch the place. It, it's it's. It's a motel in a small town with yeah. 4,000 people. Um, so it had everything I needed. It had a bed, it had a shower, it had Wi-Fi, and that's really all you need. Pretty much. It's a little odd that you don't have a hotel. you think that most hotel rooms have it. Um, yeah, we uh, this weekend we had some family friends stay with us. Um, coming down, they were here for a wedding, and so we got to play tour guide again, which is always fun. I mean, we because we haven't lived here our whole life we kind of do some of the touristy things that maybe people don't do all the time but mm-hmm. you know we don't go to hopewell rocks because once you've been there and seen it you've been there right so um but i gotta say they they enjoyed it they uh they said that moncton was their new brunswick was their favorite part of the maritimes they went to all three provinces so we'll take a win there and we'll be surprised if uh maybe we'll get some family moving in but uh for all those family that are listening they liked it Come on down. You're next. There you go. No. Well, we're, I think we're going there eh, maybe next summer, but it's always good to play tour guide and um, get to see things in, in New Brunswick. They were a little sad that they didn't get to see the leaves mm-hmm. uh, changing because, as I've told many people in Alberta, I never knew fall until I moved yes. to New Brunswick. Because you guys go like you spring, go sp- yeah. summer, Labor Day football game, suck Winter. it, Elks. Sunny. For two days, winter, which yeah. it is, if you've looked on Twitter, it is snowing in Alberta. That's not uncommon. So for me, when I first moved out here and people were like, oh, yeah, we're getting snow kind of late. It's it's uh, December. I'm like, December? <laughs> we get that shit. We get that in uh, in, in September. So, um, but yeah, it was, it's a good weekend. It's good to be back in the studio. Final preseason episode, which means we are in game day week. It's for real now. For real now. The, everything starts. So, uh. Don't forget, as always, follow us on Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, uh, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok as well. Just made a new TikTok a couple days ago. And uh, hit that it's like and, <laughs> hit that like and subscribe <laughs> button on the YouTube. Uh, we got some time. Let's do the quick question. And I got one that just came Oof, to mind just before okay. we started going. Okay. Uh, kind of goes back to um, Lalan Set's tweet and then uh, Pat, which, oh, yes. by the way, yeah. Pat, Willie Pavlov, Unfortunately, the sound wasn't great last week. I think we fixed it. Um, we really can't wait to get you guys back on the show, especially Willie, because you didn't deserve that crappy sound. It was very choppy. So first of all, we want to apologize to them, and we want to apologize to all of you. Uh, if you made it through the show, thank you. <laughs> if you I'm surprised if you, if you did. Yeah, if you didn't, um, we understand why. Uh, we'll get to uh, something that Jeremy wants to talk about about the island here in a little bit, uh, probably after the show. You're your plea for the island people here. Actually, I have a resolution. Oh, yeah? yeah? You got it? There's an update to that. All right. So last week, I don't know if you heard it, but um, Jeremy got tickets to Cavendish. I don't know where he's staying. He doesn't know where he's staying. So mm-hmm. he made a plea, a very coey plea, no, but an actual plea to somebody, <laughs> to somebody on the island uh, to help him stay. And I guess now we have a resolve. So that was quick. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, 
no thanks to the listeners because there was absolutely nothing I got from the listeners. Well, in fairness, they might not have heard it either. That's, that is very true. Um, so when I went to college on the island, I lived at this beautiful place called Glendenning Hall. And it's a little student residence, Holland College student residence. What I didn't know <laughs> is that in the summer, it becomes an accommodation thing for tourists. So I found, I was given this link and I was like, go check this out. And I said, okay, I did. Three nights, 150 bucks a night. That's the Thursday, the Friday, and the Saturday night. Right. It all taxes in $550. Win. Huge win. <laughs> now all I have to figure out, that's how I'm going to get from Charlottetown to Cavendish every day. Turns out they have a shuttle. I was going to say there has to be a shuttle. Tur- yeah, they have a shuttle. That's $115 for the weekend. I'm cool with that. And it's the pickup in Charlottetown is like right near where this place is. Right. So I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm going to be able to stay where I went to school and got drunk and became a man. <laughs> um, my dignity was probably lost in this building very many times. Probably. Um, and I only have to wake up, shower, and go hop on a bus. It's so, a small victories in life. It's, really. a, ver- it's, a, it's a huge win because yeah. um, literally I think it's the only place that um, – has anything left on the island. So if you are going to Cavendish next summer and you've yet to find yourself a place to stay, Google Holland College Summer Accommodations, and it should be one of the first things that shows up, um, and you just book your reservation. And the place, it's a nice place. Like you have a choice between like a king room, a two-bedroom apartment, or a three-bedroom apartment. I'm going to get a two-bedroom apartment. And the thing I love about it the most is there's like a door that separates both bedrooms. Oh, nice. So it's not like, oh, bed here, bed here. There's bed, door, hallway, door, bedroom, full kitchen. Is it just you and Megan going? Yeah. Oh, so okay. I have a second bedroom in case somebody needs it. joins us and wants to chip in financially. Absolutely. For a trip. If you, don't have a, if you don't have an accommodation and you want to go with Moncton's favorite co-hoster. That's right. Hit him up. Hit us up on the DMs. Um, speaking of beds, it's kind of funny. Layla and I have a king bed. Now when we go to hotel rooms, we get the double queen so that we each have our mm-hmm. own room because when you go from a king to a queen, it's it's tight in there. So Yes. Um, all right. Well, I'm so glad you found that. I'm I'm very happy. Yeah. Uh, and I love it because it's, it's right smack down, dab in downtown Charlottetown. And just like old school. Not, yeah. Well, yeah, okay, old school movie. And just like old school times, you get to go back and relive your high school and get drunk on a weekend. And it's only like a two-minute walk to the to the Wendy's and Tim Hortons that I used to go to and crush junior bacon cheeseburgers <laughs> every night of the week after the gym. Winning. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's get to the quick question. Um, if, you know, uh, Pat had this. It was talking about ads on helmets mm-hmm. and ads on jerseys. It's a big thing. It started in the NHL with the helmets. Um, it's Well, it started in Europe. But it's now over here. It's on jerseys in the NBA. I don't know if when you buy a jersey in the store, it comes with a an ad. I'm not really sure on that. The Oilers aren't going with one. I don't. I didn't see the Leafs with one. The Canadians are doing Royal Bank. I'm not sure what the Flames are doing. A, do you care if we put ads on helmets here? B, do you see the CHL going to ads on helmets coming out of a pandemic? 
I think the teams financially need it. Yeah. Uh, they need a, a big sponsor. I think it's pretty obvious in Moncton who the major sponsor will be. Um, if you don't, well, come on. Which rock have you been living under? Yeah. Uh, I am actually for it. I don't mind it. I mean, it's it, the rural juniors. You see ads everywhere. Yeah. There's helmets. There's jerseys. Everything is. It's all ads, right? Um, I think it's only a matter of time till it gets to junior hockey, and I have no problem with it. Yep, and I I don't. Uh, you're not going to see it like if it's on the jerseys, it's probably going to be on the actual game one. So if you go to the roller store and you buy a jersey, just gonna you're not going to get Irving yeah. on the jersey or a realtor on the jersey or whatever. Yeah. Likely Irving. Let's be honest with ourselves. But Cavendish, Majesta. Yeah, exactly. Midland. Yeah. What else is he wrong? <laughs> Circle K, same thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it's I'm totally for it. And if it, it's another avenue for, you know, this the CHL is on the TVs now, so you're seeing it all. It's not really going to bother. And I remember when it came to the NHL, and everyone's like, "Oh, you can't put ads on the helmet, and you can't do that." You barely see it unless it's zoomed in. So mm-hmm. you're really not going to see it in the CHL because there's not the same camera angles. Mm-hmm. Um, Jersey wise, they're not doing live drafts, which they should. Let's start there. To the rant's coming probably in like yeah. two two months when they when they announce it. Yeah. Hopefully the team I've got the season ticket booklet, so I'll get into that a little bit later. Hopefully the team goes back to live awards, so you're trying to make a little bit of money there. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why if you're and don't let one team like don't let the Ramparts do it, don't let the Mooseheads do it. Just if you're gonna do it, commissioner league wide, league wide, everybody pick, and it doesn't have to be. You know, a major sponsor, and even if the Q, I'm okay if the Q, the what? Who presents the draft? Fenplast. Fenplast. Yeah. Fenplast. Bang! If it's league wide, it's Fenplast. It's a league sponsor. At least that's divvied up. I got no problem with it, and I think we actually do see it. Not this season. I do believe we see it next season. Yeah, I agree. I think it's only a matter of time. It's it's coming. Ads are going to be on probably every league. Yep. Yep. All right, let's get into the uh, training camp report. Wildcast training camp report. So the Wildcats finished up the preseason, making it three in a row on Sunday with a 7-6 victory over the Islanders. I had to go back. I wasn't sure if it was 7-6 or 8-6 because they had both of those ones. Uh, to finish the season three, finish the preseason three wins in a row, uh, bringing the record to 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. So... I think we kind of know what this team will look like um, based off preseason before Labor Day, after Labor Day. So let's just get into the expectations of this club moving forward. Um, I was talking to Mike on this on this group, and we were kind of talking about you know what they could need and what they may do this year. And I said, it's not a go-for-it year, but it's basically year two and a half of a rebuild. So you're kind of – this is your year where – it's mm-hmm. not a go for it year or a mm-hmm. trade year. It's what do we have for our window year? Would you would you assess that correctly? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, for this season for me, um, as bad as as this sounds, this is going to be the same year as the year that the Moosehead swept us in in round one, like four zip, right? And then the following year was when we so when we beat Bay Home on seven and then lost to the Moosehead. And- in round two, right? Is that what happened? Yeah. I thought it was, wasn't it? We faced Halifax in round one? Nope. We faced, uh, no, that was the year we beat Baycomo in seven and had the viewing party and then came home and we lost to, that was the, the Mooseheads Memorial Cup year, 2019. 
Or is it? Are you thinking even before I got here? No. Um, what year am I thinking of right now? Because it seems like it wasn't the Bacomo series. Because that would maybe have been it the, was. Yeah, that would have been the 20, 20, 2018, 2019 season. Because in the 2019-2020 season was the season. Because uh, the the herd cast was still going, so we had we had that rivalry going with them, and then yeah, we lost in four straight. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, so um, yeah, that kind of that's that's what I feel like this season will be. Round two confirmed by Boucher. <laughs> We're getting around two. Hopefully not swept. Hopefully by the not Moose swept. Heads. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I, I can easily see this team winning a series, uh, and you know, going into round two and and probably you know, not getting swept, but right. uh, still doing uh, decent enough to get a, a win or two in, in round two. Yeah, this isn't this isn't our year. Um, 2023, 2024, yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, this year is, is going to be an improvement. We're probably going to finish second in the division behind Halifax. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Everybody's got to take a step forward to make up for Kalmakov's um, off- offensive loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we've got the team to do it. Which is where you know I was going to go. It's it's not going to be a one person. And not that the team last year was one person, but Kalmakov was a lot of the offense when they needed mm-hmm. a, a goal or a spark. It was him. Um, the offense, like we said, I mean, you look at the group, it's got at least three lines that can score uh, on a nightly basis, a fourth line that'll chip in every now and then, depending mm-hmm. where they go. Um, but yeah, I, when I look at the defense and I, you know, I, I think it was two weeks ago, I said, I wasn't quite sure how they were going to spawn. The reason I said that and talking to Sanderson, it's not a team that has the minute logging defensemen and a bunch of fire players that aren't quite Q level Q ready. And that's, that's what I didn't want to express. It's a it's a crew that is everyone can play minutes from one to six, mm-hmm. and it's it's a group that's grown together and they can play together. Now Darcy being out six to eight weeks, uh, that's not confirmed, but I've heard a couple months. So you we'll heard say, it here first, yeah, folks. We'll say six to eight weeks. Um, I that hurts. That hurts the defense core. But they they I think Marcel will be. Um, slot right in there. And I think this is a group that can play together, grow together. There isn't a, mi- a, a minute logging guy like a De Jong was or an Aspero was, or you know what I mean? I think to me, I think Moran's going to be a, a minute, a minute man. Um, <laughs> hopefully more than that, but yeah. uh, you, you know what I mean? He's going to be yeah. a minute eater. Um, no, I think Ayasenza could be a minute eater. Same, same thing can, for Ramel. Like there's, but that's probably, what I mean. We don't have just one. We yeah. have everybody that can do that. I mean, Ballantyne yeah. might turn into a minute leader. We don't know. For Grenier, not so much, but I, I think you're right. There's there's probably three guys on this roster who could play, you know, eighteen to, to twenty two minutes a night if if needed, uh, and still and still have enough gas in the tank to, you know, probably play the next night. Mm-hmm. Uh more so probably Hamal. He's got the experience to to, to play that many that many games, but he's also not someone that's going to chip in offensively. I think we all know that. I don't know, man. That twentieth year, <laughs> this could be the big one, right? Those those two regular season goals. I said, is it one? It's one regular season goal and one playoff goal, right? I think it's two play one regular season and two playoff. Goals. Oh wow, geez, he's really a. I'll find that out. He's really a a, a clutch performer, you know, 
Sixty-six percent of his goals are in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to get picked up. This guy. Uh, yeah, I stand corrected. He's got one goal, eleven assists last year, and he's got one goal. There you go. Yeah, in nine uh, nine playoff games, all with Moncton. Just still, fifty percent of his goals are in the playoffs. Yeah, like clutch. that's that, that's a very that's clutch for uh, for a defenseman. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what you want. Fifty percent of your goals in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, like you said, he's not counting. He's bringing Iacenza along, and and I'm trying to remember who the def- who the player was that went to camp and um a couple of years ago, and then come back and just kind of almost clicked for him. And I think Iacenza is that kind of uh, player this year. Has worked his ace off to get an invite to abs camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and that experience is only going to help him come back and be that much stronger. And it's the same with Barbashev. I think, um, I think both those players, when they get back, you can see it when guys go to camp and come back, there's just a different, what do I want to say? Air, not air about them, but there's a, you can see the difference when they go to camp and come mm-hmm. back. Oh, yeah. It, some, some people have, uh, you know, they can, they can go right in there and, and you know, they're, they, you can tell that they've been a, at a camp. There's also some players who have that. It's almost like a, a reverse effect, mm-hmm. where their timing is off because they've been at the NHL level, and they need a week or so to get back to the junior A level, uh, to the junior level. So hopefully that has an effect on on these players. But you know, like Barbashev has been ready. Like this was his dream. Like he wanted to play in Moncton. He wanted to make it in the NHL. His so his his dream. He's he's realized his dream. Now it's a matter of him coming back and having a having a big year because we've seen from day one that he can be a producer. When you know, when people when we saw him picked in the import draft, we were like, "Well, he was only picked for the name, right? Yeah. He was yeah. uh, he's only he was only it's it's only a connection, right?" Uh, he looked at his his point totals. You know, I I said on the I remember saying, "If you are an impact Russian player coming to the queue, you." would have been coming from the Russian Junior League. I remember yeah. saying that. Yeah, yeah. But he was literally playing like a U18 Russian League and might have had a point per game. So when I see that, you're like, okay, yeah, it's just the name, right? But no, he's, he's proven he can play at this level. I think he also said give him a year too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it, right? It's what he you know came in and he's, he was score he scored the first game, I think. Yep. And Yeah, he found a connection with Hudson. Yeah. And uh, that's you know from there from that moment on I knew he was going to be a, a gamer and, and a really good player. So he's um, he's he's done what he wanted to come here to do. Now you know it's his last year. Uh, it'd be nice for him to you know I, I was I want to say win a championship, but that's probably not going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know he's yeah, I, I want to see him a big year and uh, you know prove I guess to the other 31 teams that didn't pick him until what the fifth round of the NHL draft mm-hmm. that, uh, that they made a mistake. And it's kind of unfortunate. Obviously there's bigger reasons of why Russia's not in uh, these world events, but it really does suck that they're not part of the world juniors, especially that it's here because that's a guy like Kavanov is playing in North America Mm-hmm. Could be on the radar as like you know the North American players. They take yeah. kind of a mix. He could be in in that mix. And I think if anything, his time with the top prospects last year, where he went to the top prospects, had a good camp, came back with limited rest. I think it was the next day he played mm-hmm. three games and four nights, and he was dominant in those two games. He came back. So mm-hmm. I think if that's any indication of going somewhere, playing with elite level talent that you play the, at your level. 
which the NHL is going to be above, you know, at his level, maybe a little bit above. But the coaching mm-hmm. side of it, I think if if he can be half of that kind of player, um, I think he's going to be dynamic. And like I said, he's he's the the dry saddle type. He's the big body down low. He protects the puck well, and he's physical. He uses his butt when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he should have a dynamic year on that first line with a Loshing and a LaBelle, and that, that's going to be a very good top line. Yeah, and that's... If that's where they go. Yeah, and even, like, Loshing is going to be a player who, you know, wants to be able to to prove the doubters, you know, wrong, too, because, mm-hmm. again, he, he wasn't picked in the NHL draft, and uh, we know that he's one of the best skaters in the league. We know hit he's got one of the best shots in the league. Hit the um, net. Yeah, hit the net. <laughs> but, but really, I think it's, you know, he, he can easily probably... With a good year, probably get picked next year as yeah. a second year eligible. And and uh, Labelle, he came here as a free agent, so and, and he's proving that that's just been a huge pickup and being a first line p- player right now. And uh, he's got a lot to play for too. We saw Kalmakov get get signed to an AHL contract, yeah. right? So uh, I, if Labelle can have a similar year, then then Kalmakov had last year, maybe he gets the same thing. So. Uh, these are three players that have um, that could make up the first line. They have a lot to prove, and could very well have have all three have have very big years. So the elephant in the room, and it's kind of probably most of the talk in and around the city for this team, is the guy with the big stick, and that's the goaltending. And it's you know, Philion came as a, a highly touted draft pick, sixth overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the Spence trade, so there was the pressure there. Um, you know, we picked him as the MVP because we were going to go as far as he was going to take us, blah, blah, blah. And then Couture, kind of out of nowhere, um, I don't want to say Philion allowed it or took a back seat, but obviously goaltenders understand that when a guy's going, he's going. And I think in the second half it was, you know, Couture's going, you got to let him ride, and then Lemieux comes in and he's the 20-year-old, so – Maybe the, all the rest that Philion had, he wasn't quite – didn't have a good year. Let's just go with that. Didn't have the year he wanted, I guess. Um, you know, now they've got a Steinman who's played pretty well in the preseason. Uh, I believe they split starts. Goals against average in the preseason doesn't matter because you're it. it's not generally an indicator. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this, like I said on our season finale, I mean, this has to be – Philion's here. He has to play at least 65% of the hockey games. We'll see this weekend um, because if you remember last year, they started on the road in Bathurst and then at home, uh, and Couture played in Bathurst. Philion played at home. If they do that again, which I really hope they don't, um, I want to see Philion get both. But if they do that again, it may be a small indication that they're going to at least for the first month or so go with a 50-50 split. But, I mean, what do we expect from... From Philly, and I expect he wasn't drafted. That has to hurt, especially you know in Quebec. He, I think he was there. Um, I expect big things. He was working out with uh, Rodrigue um, and Rodrigue's dad, who's an NHL goaltending coach for the Oilers. Say what you will about the Oilers, but he was working out with NHL level coaching Olivier Rodrigue, who was arguably one of the best goaltenders in the queue when he was here. So I mean. I expect him to take the net, seize the net, keep the net, but I don't expect Steinman to wait that much longer. Like I think he has the ability to steal some starts. I think so too. Um, for me, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I, like I honest, I honestly think this is the first time 
this will be Filion's, you know, it's his net, right? Yeah. He's the number one guy coming in. Uh, Steinman, you know, I'm not sure what to expect from him, but from what I've seen in the preseason, I think it, he's he's going to be a solid a solid pickup. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see him maybe get. What is there? Is there 68 games in the season? Yep. I wouldn't mind seeing him get 30 starts. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's like that's 38 for Philion, 30 for for Steinman. That's that to me. That's that's not right down the middle, but you know, fair enough. And I, Philion's in the same boat as as Loshing, right? Again, not NHL drafted, got passed over um, easily. Someone if he has a big year could get taken, you know, late in in next year's NHL draft. Uh, we've seen it not even a draft pick could be a free agent invite we've seen Lemieux get that to to Philadelphia right so you don't need to be drafted to prove yourself and uh there's there's always scouts in the building uh and there's going to be scouts in the building this year like we saw the Sportsnet article yeah um Sam Cosentino has uh more seven seven the seventh top um draft eligible player so scouts are going to be coming to the ring to watch him they're going to be coming to the ring to watch OJ because OJ is also draft eligible uh, there's a couple, I think there's another one I want to, I'm missing here, but I know there, um, Lounsbury's also draft eligible. Um, so these scouts and scouts already know the name Lounsbury because they would have saw him at the telescope, right? So they're, they're coming to the rink to watch these players, but that's also how you find these free agents. There's these diamonds in the rough, yeah. right? You, you go to the rink. Okay. I'm, I'm here to watch this guy, but oh my goodness, this, who, who's this, who's this, right? And that's how some of these late round Wildcats picks probably got picked in the in the Q draft. Like you, you, you go watch a midget game and you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna be watching this one, this one, this one. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, oh, well, this this Suprian kid is, is is pretty fast. Uh, I'm just gonna jot his name down. Yeah, and the next and game you maybe I'll watch. Keep watching, him. you keep watching, yeah. and and you see how 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 these players develop every year. Uh, and yeah, Philion didn't have a great year last year, and I think this is his time to really. Uh, this is a year for him to prove that maybe, okay, last year was a bit of a, um, what, what does it call a golf mulligan? A mulligan. Yeah. yeah. If you want to call if you want to call a it breakfast that. ball. Yeah. Right. And it's, I think he's going to have a big year yeah. uh, because I think the coaching staff and the management staff are, they need him to have a big year because you brought up the Spence trade. He was brought in as the main piece of this, of that trade. He needs to be able to, to prove to the team, to the fans, that he is he is the guy, and the team has to show patience. Mm-hmm. The organization has to show patience, and you know they've obviously you have the veteran twenty year old goaltenders. You allow them to play. There's some patience, but this is now his time. Show him that it's his net. You know, I you said thirty for Steinman. I'm even at twenty, like forty eight twenty split. That, mm-hmm. but Philion has to be the guy, and he has to. Steal some games. There's going to be games where the team's not going to have it, and he's got to steal that game with a 40-save, one-goal effort and win a hockey game 2-1. Um, and I think he has the ability to do that, and I think I think he will. Um, last year, my whole preseason rave was special teams. It was the power play. It was the power play. The power play is all right. Power play is at 20%. It got better in the second half. The penalty kill... At 64%, worst in the queue in the preseason. Mm. That's a bit of a concern, but that's something that you can obviously work out. And I, I have an idea who the four, who I would like as the four penalty killers to be. But just what was one guy from last year, other than the three you mentioned, that you kind of are excited to see them take a step forward? 
and have kind of a big year? Uh, OJ because he missed half the year. Right. Uh, for me, um, if he can stay healthy, which by all counts, based on his preseason performance, he's he's ready to go. Um, still looks like the lead singer of the Arkells. <laughs> um, will and always will yeah. look like the lead singer of the Arkells. Yeah. Um, and Mercia, I think, is he's he's ready. Like yeah. he's ready to to jump off the page. And uh, he, he's my, my offensive one is Mercia. Yeah. Because last year. As the video showed, when I gave him a D and then gave him a B plus because he was timid, still one of the. I saw that the other day when I was doing screen grabs. I saw that video and I watched it again because your react a D <laughs> was, was was absolutely perfect. But I think he's. This is the year. Last year, like I said, he was kind of timid on those breakaways, mm-hmm. and it was it was a shot. This year, I think it's going to be a move or a deke or just mm-hmm. he's he's going to be a much better offensively. And then I think a guy that's going to take a big step forward. I think is Miles Mueller. Yeah, um, and you could see him getting better last year, um, but it's going to go hand in hand with the penalty killing, and I think him and Daniel are going to be the two of the best penalty killers this season. Mm-hmm. And I think him getting stronger, getting more accustomed to the game. Um, I mean, you can put Ty Bell in there; he got better with with uh, having to take all those faceoffs. But I think Miles Mueller is a guy that he didn't make the junior team for Switzerland in Edmonton. But I think if he has a strong first half and turns himself into a really good penalty killer, I think he's got an outside shot to represent Switzerland here in Group B, and that's that's the guy I want to see take a big step. I think it's pretty. I think honestly, I want to say it's set in stone that he plays for Switzerland. I think it's. Uh, I'm not sure about their about their depth chart, obviously, but yeah. you know, he's. I think he's done enough to just make his not maybe on not on their team, but at least go to their their pre camp. I yeah, yeah. put it that yeah. way. Um, yeah, Miles Mueller, Alex, Alexi Daniel, they're they're probably the, maybe the best penalty killers uh, in the league this year. That's not me, you know, being a homer. Like nope. these these two can get it done, and they they work their tails off. They block shots, and um, they've also got the speed to to create chances, right? Like Mueller is a guy who can go down and and block a shot and get that puck and and get on a breakaway yeah. right he's he's got that much that much speed and that much skill so um yeah it's for me it's oj it's mercier i'm with you on the mueller part too i think it's like where are we going to put all these guys like that's that's my concern right now and um yeah like, i'm looking at this lineup and i'm like jesus alexi daniel gonna be a fourth line player like that's like that's my like i'm looking down at the because he's a right winger mm-hmm. i don't he can take face offs yeah sure but He's a he's a he's a right winger, and where are you going to put him down? Yeah, this this lineup, right? Because you have Baudouin, you're going to have uh, OJ, you have Mercier, uh, uh, and then Daniel. Right? These are right shot players. Like, where are you going to put him in yeah. the lineup? Um, and and the line they've been using in the preseason, pretty much since Labor Day, has been Mueller, Pavin, Daniel as that mm-hmm. third shutdown line, and I I like it. I've always liked having that third shutdown line, but again. If it's not that, Daniels as a fourth line player, that's that's pretty good depth that you've built. But also, he exceeds playing fourth line, and he he seems like the type of guy that has zero issue whether he's playing twenty minutes a night or eight minutes a night. Yeah, and uh, look, he's gonna play just as hard whether it's twenty or eight. I think it's great if Alexi Daniels playing th- fourth line minutes because you're probably gonna have Gabe Smith and Preston Lounsbury on the fourth line. 
and those are for, to have Alexi Daniel playing with him them on the fourth line. That's a pretty good mentor. Yeah, uh, a New Brunswicker. Yeah, right. Um, I remember when um, the Memorial Cup was in St. John, and Richie was Richie and Mister Irving went down to a game, and they invited Alexi Daniel, and they also called Preston Lounsbury and said, "Do you want to come?" So Preston Lounsbury and Alexi Daniel, I mean, clearly they know they know each other already. They've built up some off ice chemistry. Did they play in Moncton together? No, they no. were one year separate, right? Well, they're like three years separate. Is it three? I thought it was like. Well, Daniel's nineteen, and Lounsbury's seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Yeah. So they're like th- they're yeah. They, the birthdays always mess me. Up. I don't think they've ever played together, but they've they've probably trained. I don't know. Maybe they trained together, but they, yeah. I'm sure they've. Played. I thought maybe Lonsbury was like a call up that year and Daniel in his final year. That's kind of why I said two years. Potentially pretty close. Either way. Unofficially they've I'm sure they've played on ice together yeah, before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um but like uh, that's if you have a fourth line of Gabe Smith, Preston Lonsbury, and Alexi Daniel, that's a pretty good fourth line. Yeah. And uh I'm I'm all for it. Like that's that's for me, that's where I see Alexi Daniel, which is crazy because he's such a good player and it's his third season. You're like, okay, well, if it's your third season, you should probably be higher than the fourth line. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. And he's kind of that player where he's he's got that demeanor where he's probably, like, he's going to wear a letter. And you've got an assistant captain on your fourth line. So you have a leader. You've got two rookies playing with a leader uh, and really showing you the right way to play hockey. And, and uh, for me, I think it's, if that's, if that's what happens, it's perfect. Yep. All right. Let's get into some, uh, League award predictions because I got my season oh, tickets tonight and oh, uh, well, not go. league like team ones right like obviously okay we'll start yeah, team. okay let's put, I gotta pull up the roster here but I got uh, you know the booklet it's fancy the awards gala maybe we might actually have in person awards gala like we should have had last year um, we'll get into season tickets at the end of the show but anyways uh, we'll go with we'll start with rookie of the year um, for the Wildcats. Okay, well, let's settle. A, let's settle a debate here. Okay. Okay. So we have players that are that have X's beside their names or asterisks beside their names, yeah. indicating rookie. What are you considering a rookie? Because you have you have like Trent Ballantyne, who was coming into the season as an eighteen-year-old, who's considered a rookie. Yeah. Hugo Marcel is considered a rookie. Jacob Steinman is considered a rookie. Who are you considering a rookie? I would like to consider first year players, but okay. like I can do first year players. Let's do but, first year players. But Marcel's a first year player, Ballantyne's a first year player, Steinman. So I mean if the if the queue is gonna indicate them as a rookie, because we found out that if you play less than twenty five games the year before, you're considered a rookie. So that's why Grenier's still a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um but Alex Mercier isn't a rookie. Um so I mean if they're indicated with an asterisk, I got no problem, I guess, going with that. Um it it's up to you who you want to go with. Your your choices are Gabe Smith, Preston Lounsbury, Luke McPhee, Hugo Marcio, Grenier, uh, Adam Forte, Gendron, Ballantyne, and Steinman. I'm going to go with a player you just talked about on the fourth line and learning to play the game. Uh, he's one of the best faceoff guys on the team at, at his age, and he'll get better and better and better. Um, he won a Telus Cup, which was perfect last year going back, allowing him to play champ- big line minutes on a championship team. Um, and I've see nothing really that I don't like about his game so far in the preseason and again it's going to go to the next level when you get into the queue but uh, my rookie of the year is going to be Preston Lonsbury I was going to go that way too 
Um, but I kind of on the way here, I had a an epiphany. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I I brought up who do you consider a rookie? A rookie. Um, so if I change so, my mind, it changes your epiphany. Well, no, <laughs> not 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 that. I'll yeah. I'll say on my drive here, I was going to take Jacob Steinman. Right. Um, on the basis that if he plays 30 games and performs well, I think that warrants a team rookie of the year. Right. So I'll take him as goalie rookie of the year. <laughs> well, <laughs> Pretty obvious. Well done. <laughs> well done. All right, moving on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I'm with you. Um, I'm as first year, you know, ha- no junior experience. I'm also going with Preston Lounsbury. Uh, and that's nothing against, you know, Gabe Smith, who has probably going to come in here with their, these, some of these fans are going to expect the world from him. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a very good player. But I just think that Preston Lounsbury is more, Gabe Smith is more physically ready. Preston Lounsbury is more polished and yeah. ready. Gabe Smith is more offensive zone ready. Preston Lounsbury is all around. Denway light. He's the two hundred foot yeah. player. He can play in both zones. He's very good defensively. That mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah. So I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so now we go top offensive player slash leading scorer on this team. I don't think it'll be the same as the rookie of the year. <laughs> no, no. But uh, uh, I'm going to go with the guy I took last year, and that's Vinny LaBelle. Uh, he, if he can stay healthy, um, I think he's I think he's going to be – he may not be top goal scorer, I guess. He may not have the most goals, but I think he has the most points. Um, so I think he's the offensive player of the year. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Vinny LaBelle because – we we see what he can do offensively if he's healthy. He just has to stay healthy for the whole year. So another thing I, I thought about <laughs> on the, on the drive in here today. Yeah. I was also going to take <laughs> Vinny LaBelle. Okay, people, we do not talk about this before no, the we show don't. starts. No, we don't. But I also think he's not here the whole season. Yeah. So. That's very plausible. Um, it's a great player, fantastic player, also a very good asset. Yep. So I think he could possibly be a trade chip at the deadline, and he's 20, so he can be traded anytime. Um, with that said, I'm going to go with Yoan Lushing. And as a little sidebar, mm-hmm. I'm going to take Jonas Tybell as like my second pick because I think he's ready to. Yeah, I, I would take Barbashev as go if off. he's here all year. Yeah, as the, I'm ready for uh, I, Tybell. I think is ready to go off. Nice. Uh, so your MVP for the year. Um, I'm going to take the guy that uh, I took as rookie of the year last year. And I think he just takes the next step in the evolution. Uh, and that's Etienne Moran as the MVP. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I think he's from the back end. He's going to be, I mean, we saw his offensive prowess last year. Um, so I think if he can be a minute login, can be one of the top minute login defensemen on this crew. 
uh, our top offensive defenseman. Um, I think he's going to be our uh, team MVP. I wasn't ready for this one. Um, <laughs> I thought that was my MVP pick. So uh, I mean, it can be technically. team. You know, I think I've, I've, I'm. Uh, We're not going to go three for three. No, okay. I can't. <laughs> I can't allow that to happen because I know our. I, I know our league MVP is the same. I've, I think yeah. we've already chatted about that one. Yeah. So you know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Barbashev as the MVP. Uh because he's also a penalty killer. He plays all all situations. Uh, and I think he's gonna be someone who really contributes at all in all situations on the ice. So I'm gonna take Max Barbashev as my team MVP. Okay. you kinda of weighing off that he's gonna be here all like yeah. Before the draft, you thought maybe he might not. I, I think I think so. You, yeah, you I, I think, think I think so. It's okay. um, you know, it, it could. There is that Russian factor, but at the same time, he's allowed because he played last year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see. I don't think he's traded. I think he's 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 a wildcat, and he wants to. He was drafted as a wildcat. Wants to leave as a wildcat. So I'll I'll have to I'll have to stick with him. All right, so let's get into kind of the Q overlook um, division-wise. I mean, if you look at the divisions, it's pretty self-explanatory, um, even in the Maritime Division. Uh, the Central Division, I mean, Sherbrooke is running away with this thing. Um, Drummondville is going to be probably second. Uh, I believe you concur with that, eh? Yes, um, Sherbrooke will easily win that division. Drummondville... Is yep. Victor got enough to be better than Schwinnigan? Or does it depend on I think I think Schwinnigan is is better than Victor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll uh Yeah. Yeah. It, it's those two are going to be close, but I'll I'll stay I'll say just cuz the 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 acquisition that Schwinnigan made in in Nets. Yeah. I will uh, I'll take him. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah, going with I like uh, Telefontaine. Yeah. Um the East Division, uh it's Quebec. I don't think they run away with it as much as Sherbrooke runs away with it. I believe Ramuski, kind of like Moncton, is going to hang in there a little bit. Shakutami's probably your third, and then Baycomo's bringing up the bringing up the fourth. Um, and then the West Division. I mean, again, Gatineau's going to easily lead that division. Yeah, Blainville second, Ruren third. Yeah, yeah. I, also, I think Blainville's going to be kind of a dark horse. Yeah. Um, where I think they're, they look really good for me. Um, so yeah, Gatineau, Blainville, Rouen, and Valdor. Hopefully Valdor is like bottom. Yeah, absolutely. The, like complete trash. Like if you could be a lottery pick, that'd be yeah. Cool. Like if you could just completely and suck. It appears at Christmas you will trade your most valuable asset. Yeah, he wasn't even named it like on the leadership group. Well, why would you? Yeah, right. Like, like I'm pretty sure. I, that's one of the weirdest ones to me. Like. That you announce it, well, they didn't announce it, but it was speculated that he's going to Quebec. No, he's not there. Okay, Unless so those the, the those are the A's. Okay, so also, my, he's, my gonna, bad. he's at he's in Carolina at their camp. So so he's clearly the captain. Yeah, but is he even on the roster? Who am I looking for? Robida, right? Yeah, Justin Robida. He's not even like. Oh, oh no. never mind. It's a preseason game. Oh. <laughs> Crisis averted. Crisis averted. Uh, yeah, I mean, Justin Robidoux has been rumored to go to Quebec. 
that will hopefully that benefits Moncton big time. That's what we what we want in the Maritimes division. We'll go through. We we asked everybody their picks. Um, for the most part, they were honest. So now we have to give our honest opinion, uh, non-biased. So Moncton runs away with the division. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, you, it's, it's possible. It is possible. I don't right? think it's. I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't think it's going to be Halifax and a big, big uh, difference between Moncton. I think it's Halifax, Moncton. I think it's Bathurst, um, Cape Breton, Charlottetown, St. John. And the Charlottetown, St. John is depending on the goalie situation, what they do there. But that's what that's what I've got is Halifax, Moncton. No, I just forgot what I said. Halifax, Moncton, Bathurst, Cape Breton, Charlottetown, St. John. So I've got a, I, 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 something's just came to my mind here. Man. So there was a year. Now I got to find what year it was. Where the Acadie was it like Acadie Bathurst at that point? Yeah, it had to be. Yes. Okay. So Acadie Bathurst was supposed to contend in the 2003-2004 season. Mm-hmm. Patrice Bergeron was going to be their big player right right because in his in in his that first season with Bathurst as a rookie he had over a point per game he had 73 points in 70 games and he made Boston Bruins as a 18 year old right not a bad player not a bad was I'm not sure if he was 18 or 19 that season anyways I think he would have been 19 Bathurst work was expecting him to come back and didn't if the same thing happens to Zach LaRue and he makes the Nashville Predators, where does that put the Mooseheads? I feel like that puts the, Roos- the Mooseheads in. Oh, I mean, they still got Dume. They still got, um, no, I can't think of his name because that kind of, I think that puts me, yeah, Vitajek, that's the one. Yeah. Um, I think that puts Cam Russell in a bit of a sell situation, but I think that puts them kind of third. I think I would slot. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Nashville's roster right now. Yeah. Um. They don't look like they're going to be a very dominating team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like so, like for me, I think it's <laughs> maybe he doesn't make it. Maybe he doesn't stay there the whole season. Like maybe he only joins Halifax at the second half. But that's if they take him away from the Mooseheads for even the first half. Like Moncton can just take advantage of that maybe and and, and climb up the standings yeah. and possibly win the division. But so many things have to happen, right? Like Halifax is clearly on on paper the better team. Yep. But I think Moncton has more depth than Halifax does. So it's, I think it's going to be, people are saying that Halifax is going to run away with the division. I don't think they're going to run away with it. Yeah. I don't think they're running away. If if any, I think this, I think between Moncton and Halifax, you're probably at the end of the year, maybe a five point difference. I was going to say eight to 10 ish. Yeah. It's, it's going to be closer than some people think. I'm going to, I'll let, let me put it that way. So what do you got? Um, I am going to give it to Halifax 
Then we're going to go to Moncton. Um, I got to go with Cape Breton as my third. And then I'm going to go with Bathurst, Charlottetown, St. John. I think Cape Breton, Bathurst at the 3-4 is like two, three points coming in. Like that could easily, um, easily swap there. So before we get to the who we're going to have in the final and whatnot, um, the MVP obviously is Joshua Wall. Yes. That's um, our consensus. That's our consensus. Robidaw, Bull Duke. Uh, what's the one I forget? Not that I always forget the forward. That injured his uh, shoulder. Ver- Verano? Yeah. No, yeah. the one that injured his shoulder from Schwinnigan. Nadeau. Yes. Is like are those the are, is that the four that's kind of in contention for like I don't think there's a, a player in the Maritimes that uh, if Zach Leroux plays a whole year and plays like Zach Leroux can, I think I think Jordan Dume could Jordan Dume too could, could be in be, the conversation. Be close. Yeah. Um but, but I think those are kind of your who you gotta look at here. Right. Yeah. Uh so your rookie of the year. I think I know who you're going to go with, so I'll let you. Okay, go no, you, 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 you tell me who you think it is. Who I think you're going to pick? Yes, I think you're going to go with Justin Poirier. No, oh, okay. And I All knew right. you were going to go there. <laughs> um, however, yeah. I am going to Bay Como. Oh, okay, yeah. So we differ on this one too. Yeah. So I am going to Bay Como for my Rookie of the Year, but it's not Jeremy Poirier. It's just Jeremy, right? Justin. Justin. Jeremy. Jeremy. Justin. What's it? What, what's Justin? The younger brother's Justin. Justin. Okay. And I had to look this up because I had to go see what rookies were actually rookies. My rookie of the year from the Czech Republic, Matthias Malofsky. Okay. Yeah, no, I would. I had the team. I had the team. I had the team. Yeah, but not the player. Uh, my rookie of the year is in Quebec, and he is playing for Ren Naranda. And you know what Bill's on it? Is Gilles big, Cortel's big Bill Zonin. Gilles Cortel's favorite player, Big Bill Zonin. I mean, seven games, eight points. He's a big physical power forward big kid. Bill. That's uh that's my rookie. That's my rookie of the year. Um so that leaves all that leaves is the final. Uh and and the winner. Uh this one's this one's tough. It's it's Sherbrooke for me. And I'm trying to find a surprise team that makes noise, but I don't see a team that gets to make noise into the league final. So, oh, man. Um, now I'm hedging my bets on <laughs> who I was For me, it's of. Quebec and Sherbrooke. Okay. That's – Gatineau is good – but I think they're still next year. And all yeah, that. and that's what... Once that draft class they had in 2000, whatever the COVID year was. 2020. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's going to be like, you know, Luno, Warren, Verano, Savoie, you know, all these guys. Marcel, Marcel is their Euro. Yeah, not to be confused with Ivan. Ivan, <laughs> um, I think they're more destined for next season. So I got to go with Quebec and Sherbrooke. 
whatever it takes. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm at Quebec and Sherbrooke as well, because while I like the roster that Gatineau's built, I'm not sure on the goaltender. Now, uh, you know, who's their twenties? Who? Gatineau. They got one. Do they have two? No, I'm going. I'm going Gatineau. I'm going to go Gatineau. They're going to get one of the 20-year-old goaltenders, whether it's Lepena, Herdebees. They're going to go get one of the 20-year-old. So I'm going Quebec and Gatineau. Okay. Yeah. I I've, I've, I looked at the situation. I'm like, I think they only got two 20s in uh, in Landry. And, uh, oh, they got Cole Cormier mm-hmm. and uh, Isaac Beliveau. So, But they got like 11 guys going to camp. So they have that Moncton feel where we had a ton of guys going to camp. I think they upgrade the goaltending uh, for – for one of the goaltenders, Herdebees or Lapena, and and then I think Gatineau, Gatineau goes to the final against Quebec, and the Q League finally gets their Quebec final, um, and then I think I don't know who I'm gonna actually pick as the champion. So we'll get to the champion pick after uh, after uh, after Christmas, but that's 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 not bad. We we didn't really, other than Joshua Waugh, we were kind of all over the place. So let's get to a guest. I like guests. We like preseason guests. Let's get to a guest. View from the other bench. All right, now we're actually getting to a view from another bench uh, as we're going to uh, we're going to Nova Scotia. Uh, we're going to be joined by, let's be honest, one of the Wildcat Way type of players. Um, he was drafted in the third round. He was here for all five years of his junior. Uh, career and he was just one of the good guys on the ice off the ice uh, he's now playing at home for st fx number 19 in your programs number one in our hearts your hearts jake stewart jay Stu, how are you i'm doing great how are you guys doing not too bad not too bad uh so i guess just you know you were here from start to finish i mean just talk about being in moncton and, and being a wildcat no uh being a moncton it was uh it was a lot like a privilege i uh I came in when we had the Coliseum there when I was 16. I started around February, and, uh, you know, it was pretty cool to see a piece of history there. But uh, a big part that I was excited for when I was young was getting to go to that uh, Avenir Center, and I was pretty pumped to be a part of that first group that uh, went over there. And, you know, that facility was, you know, pretty eye-opening to me as a young kid, and I know a lot of my teammates had the, had the same sort of feeling going in. And I felt pretty uh, pretty privileged to be able to play there for five years in my junior career. And, uh really get uh, treated as probably some of the, well, I think, in my opinion, the best of any uh, CHL team in the league right there and with, with the support that we had. So, I mean, uh, I can't complain with how, with where I ended up in my junior career, that's for sure. This Friday is a, a pretty big night in uh, in Moncton hockey. The The Flyers are going to be raising the uh, the TELUS Cup banner. You, of course, were on the first Atlantic team to, to win the TELUS Cup. Uh, I know we're probably going back five or six years now, believe it or not. But um, how was that experience like for you? Oh, man, that's some of my, still to this day, some of my favorite hockey memories would be um, winning that TELUS Cup. I know... Um, be selfishly, I, I scored the game-winning goal in the semifinal. So I mean, that that memory sticks with me. That feeling just sticks with me for a very long time. And just I think back about it right now. I look around my room and I see a couple of things from that tournament. And uh, you know, that was uh, something those guys are never going to forget. And you know, I was pretty pumped to see them win. I know those kids. Um, I know I went to a camp at Lounsbury a couple of times, and he's a he's a pretty talented player. And I was able to watch him actually win it when uh 
we were out in Estevan, they were playing. So I, we were me and my roommate, we were watching on the TV and, uh, that was a pretty crazy game. And I, I, for a second, I thought they were going to gotta let it fly, but no, they, uh, they scored the winner and, uh, that was pretty cool to see them win and I'm excited for them. So speaking of that team, I mean, you, you played with your, your cousin, Sean, which I joked looking on your elite prospect page, it's like cousin Sean Stewart. And I was like, I'm going to be like, Oh, I had no idea you guys were cousins, but I mean, obviously you get to play with him, you know, Jacob Hudson, you get to play with him. Uh, then you guys all play together at Moncton. Now you're all at St. FX. Just not a lot of kids get to do that, especially across Canada. They go to different teams. They get drafted different places. But just how special is that to play with not only your cousin, uh, Sean, but, you know, Hudson as well? Yeah, no, I'll just start off with Sean there. Like, playing with Sean, he's become more like a like a brother for me just going through hockey. You know, we've been so – been fortunate enough to play our whole life, like lives together so far. And um, – I just sometimes people just assume we're brothers, and I, honestly, I just don't correct them anymore because it just takes too much effort. <laughs> yeah. but most people just think we're just we're just siblings. So at that point, you just say, "Yeah, I'm not my head and move on." But <laughs> no, um, he's a uh, he's been a great support guy for me. You know, someone me and him kind of had he was defenseman, but me and him kind of had similar roles going through the system, and you know, we kind of look kind of leaned on each other a lot, especially going through major junior. And uh, you know, he was pretty uh, he was a great stone for me. And then Huddy, of course, is. Even though we're pretty close in age, he was always a year older than me in hockey, so he was always a guy I could kind of count on for advice. And like I said, like he was, <clears throat> he was really, really accountable for me growing, like going through Moncton. And he was a guy who was uh, who found a lot of success later on in his junior career. And you know, he was a guy I could always count on for advice. And he would never let you down. He would always take the time to like talk to you and always help you out. And like you said, I mean, I've been on, I don't know how many teams with them at this point, but uh, it's become more of a system. And now we're all together at X again. And you know, it's just seamless transition and it feels like it kind of feels like i'm going to my first year in moncton almost again with sean being a rookie with me and huddy's year older than me having it just had a good year last year and uh no i like like you said i've I've seen junior my whole life and this isn't something that happens to anyone and we're pretty fortunate for it i'm glad you brought up rookie because what's it going to be like to be a rookie again (laughs) well it's uh it's weird i mean I had a weird little string there. I went from playing, I went from being a rookie in midget to being a rookie in junior A. And then I played like a little, like, I don't know, like a third of a season in Moncton when I was 16. So I was still a rookie again the next year in Moncton. So I had three back to back to back years of just being slammed with packing and unpacking the bus. <laughs> then I had three years of just serenity and just not having to do anything. It was great. But I mean, that stuff's kind of there's not so much a rookie feel anymore. I mean, growing like going through junior as much. I mean, I've noticed in Moncton towards the end of it. I mean, it's more of like a team effort. You know, you know, you don't want the kid, the rookies, to feel like they're being outcasted. So I mean, times are changing. But then I mean, for us now, I know all the guys at Saint Evax. It's all we all help each other out. It's not bad. I mean, the only thing really is just packing on the back of the bus. You know, that's not something hard. And there's five of us, so. As long as we, we we can, we're pretty efficient and you know mature, and we can get it done pretty good. So I, you know, in the intro there, I talked about you know we've had Richie on a couple times, and he always talks about when you draft in the Wildcat way, and you're trying to find these players, and and you were that player. And I know in the in the 1920 uh, All Star season that got cut short for us, you weren't always in the lineup, but you know you were a few times I saw you off the ice, smile on your face, you you knew what to expect. Then you come in 2020, and you're and you're the leader of the group. Just, I mean, just talk about being what you learned from those guys, especially in that 1920 that you took uh, in, in bringing along a group of young guys. Oh, I mean, those guys were great. I mean, a lot of those guys, you look at them and they've got pro hockey going on. 
you can look at the work ethic that they put on the ice. Like guys like Fortier, Grew, McKenna, even Hudson too. Like goes McIsaac on the back end. Like guys, those guys work their ass off, and they, you can see why they're they're successful athletes. But a big a big thing for me going through that year was when we got Dan as our coach. That was a that changed for me a, a lot. He uh, sat me down and pretty much told me like, <clears throat> "Hey, like look at our roster. Like teams unreal. If you, you, I'm gonna be honest, like." probably won't be playing much and you know just having a coach come out and like talk to you and like he, he didn't make it seem like it was because i wasn't a good player it was more just like just how the cookie crumbled and it was just he made it he made it almost it was tough news but it was like he made it fun for us like the guys who weren't playing i know there was a little group of us there so i mean it wasn't just me it was me and my buddy foreman was there and then we had ryan mcclellan and you know so we made we, we had a lot of fun and you know it was we were there to support the guys and you know we were ready to jump in if anyone got hurt and you know, we were learning at the same time. We got the we got the privilege to practice with those guys on the ice and get better every day. And then, you know, you get to watch them destroy some teams at the same time whenever we weren't in the whenever we weren't playing. So yeah. I know we used to we used to hang out in the hot tub sometimes. I don't know if I should say that, but we would hang out in the hot tub for the first period. And then you could just hear the goal horn going off. It would just be like four nothing. And we're just in the hot tub, like just jamming our hands, like, Yep, yep, boys are up four zip. Yep, gotta get up for the second though. But, no, it was good. it was good times. Those are the stories we love to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so life at Saint Effects. Um, what are you, what are you studying, and and what's uh, what's life gonna, like going to be for for Jake Stewart after after university? Uh, so yeah, right now I'm studying uh, human kinetics. I'm taking a minor in health science, and uh, I'm doing. I have. A, I'm trying. I try my best to get as many courses. I mean, it's kind of funny that we go through hockey dealer. I'm in a lot of my courses there with Sean, so <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time with him, just studying and working together and to make sure we get the best mark possible and then i go on, i'm in uh, some courses with uh, some other guys i know so i mean it's i've been uh i've been lucky you know just being able to go it's been tough like i mean with covid we haven't really uh i haven't been into a classroom since i went to crandall when i was 17 i think <laughs> yeah that was a long time ago but yeah, i went to crandall <laughs> that was the last time i was in person for a course right so uh so now i'm uh going back in person you know it's a bit of a bit of a learning process but uh I'm a transfer student. I mean, the queue is good. They they get us to do courses right as we go through. That's not the same for uh, the, the O to the WHOs is, is to, to the same extent. So I'm technically in my second year of university. So I got five years of AUS eligibility, but we'll see how much of that I use. Maybe I'll be done by then. And then after that, I mean, right now I'm looking like maybe try and become another grand black. I'm not sure. Going to physio, see how that goes. And then could change my mind by then, you know, still have some time. But that's that's what I'm looking at right now. It's not about staying. Grand Black's got a pretty good gig, so if you can, he does. If you can get a in, great gig, yeah. If you can get into that and you know travel the country and and stay in the hockey world, it, it not a bad uh, not a bad gig. So looking on the ice, um, you know, just talk about what this the the team at Saint FX is is going to look like. What kind of year uh, is expected there? I know you guys come here uh, October twenty second. Um, just kind of also speak to what that will be like, knowing that. There's so many former Wildcats on that team. You know, Mika Sear plays for for Angle Blue there. Just talk about what that, that experience will be like getting to play back in this city. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I mean, just for me growing up personally, like watching St. FX, I didn't really – like that was, those were my idols growing up, watching those X-Men at the, locally in Antigonish. And then it's kind of funny. I, I, as I grew up, I went to Moncton, and then I don't think I missed the Moncton versus UDM game if I was around. Uh, we would go to them, and I'd, yeah. a lot of our teammates would go. We'd get tickets, so – I know I'm, I'm I'm expecting to see some of the Wildcats here in the stands watching, hopefully. And then, um, no, it's it's cool to play against guys that you know I played with on the same team. It's uh, 
just this league so fast. Like the the team I'm playing with right now, Santa Fe's like, is such a talented, fast team, and guys on that team are just so so good. And it's, you know, just practicing with them, I feel like it's kind of similar to like almost the 1920 team. I feel like I'm getting better just by putting myself in the situations and practice to like go against those guys. And uh, we're pretty, uh, we're, we have some high expectations for this year. It should be a good year, and I'm definitely looking forward to playing in Moncton. I got one last one for you, Jake, and I think Adam's going to wrap it up after there. But you, you're born and raised in, in Andy Ganish. Uh, if I ever go uh, head to town, what's uh, what's the best thing I get at the menu at the wheel? There it is. <laughs> wheel? Uh, I mean, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of like a like a taut take on this. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the wheel. I mean, I oh, grew up so geez. much. Oh, yeah. I know, Ooh. I know. The pizza's great. I mean, I just had it so much growing up as a kid. Like yeah, that's yeah. like it's almost too much for me now. I go to Kenny's, but no, the wheel's good. <laughs> um, the, no, the, the, the pizza's all. You can't go wrong with the pizza and the. The donairs I heard are good. The steak sandwiches are good. I, now, now I'm gonna someone from the wheel is gonna come to my house and shoot me. But no, uh, Hashtag this it, is not sponsored by either business during this interview. Wheel's gonna tweet out that they canceled, <laughs> but no, it's, it's good. It's good. So, so the wheel is the pizza, and what was the other one you were saying? I think the steak sandwich there is good. I mean, yeah. I really got to gas them up now. Maybe I messed up, but no, the steak sandwich is good. All right. <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, you know, first of all, thank you for, for doing this, taking the time. Um, it's it's kind of a weird process. I mean, I moved here the same time you were coming up in the team, and I, you know, I said to Jeremy and, and Chris and Layla, I said, in that final year, when, when obviously uh, the heartbreak of you being released, you were the final Wildcat that, you know, we grew up, not grew up, that I was here for from the start to the finish. So I saw your whole career. I mean, obviously, in that 2020 season, you were throwing pucks over to me uh, over the glass so I could give them to kids as, you know, promoting stuff. So, you know, you were one of the players that I enjoyed going to the rink to watch all the time. And and it was a really weird feeling when when you were no longer with the team. And I was like, that's the the first that was my first set of career that I've seen of a player from start to finish. So, A, thank you for that on and off the ice doing this. But I want to let you talk to the fans of Moncton and you know, you spent some great years here. So I kind of do it with former players. I want to give you the floor uh, to end this interview and, you know, just thank all your fans or just, just it's your floor to, to, to say what you want. Yeah, no, I think just for me, I mean, the fans, they know how much I cared for them. I know they cared for me too. It was a, like, I mean, you got to see it too. I got, I had some ups and downs going through my career. I mean, I didn't play super, I didn't play a lot till I was 19, but like you said, the wildcat way, everyone has their role. And, you know, I felt supported by the fans the whole way. They don't, <clears throat> they're not like the guys in the stands or on their pro boards typing around saying Jake Stewart sucks. They're the guys, they're the people supporting you. And, uh, yeah. So that meant a lot to me personally. And uh, I know to a lot of the guys, like the fans are great. I mean, they show up to all the events for the signings and, you know, just put a smile on your face. And I mean, it really gives you sort of a different purpose when you're playing. And uh, I know as a player, Seeing it in Moncton at the Avenir Center, it kind of puts it on a pedestal. It's hard to beat that. So, just for the guys going through it, they're they're lucky to have that. And uh, no, I, I look back on it now with a smile on my face, and I'm gonna miss it. But I mean, I love the fans, and no, it was uh, some great memories made for sure. Perfect. Well, like I said, we we enjoyed your career, and uh, I think you're what did I say you're here October 22nd, and I believe the Wildcats are on the road. So that's a perfect time to go watch San FX uh, take on UDM. So we're excited to see you there and um, maybe even catch a puck over the glass and warm up. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again for doing this, Jake. Really appreciate it. And good luck this season.
No, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Just one of the good ones. Uh, yeah. And maybe it's maybe it's something in the water and Anagonition playing for the Wildcats, but we had Huddy on, uh, you know, another one of the good ones. Now Jake, I guess we got to get Sean on. We got to get the trifecta of playing their whole career together, eh? That's true. We got to do it. And uh, I mean, it's, I just I was looking at the St. FX roster. In uh, Logan Chisholm, yeah, is on St. FX, and he was on that Cape Breton West uh, team with uh, all, with all those guys too. So that's it's kind of like a, almost like a homecoming for for the four of them, right? So good. If you want to build a winning team. Go get that Cape Breton Islanders team, right? Put, put, put butt in the, butts in the seats by in the seats. bringing guys home that literally are from your backyard. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy to see. Like, that is good hockey. Oh, it's really like, good hockey. See, it is. Like yeah. that. I was looking at the schedule. I'm like, oh, man, they play here when Gatineau's in town. That's But they actually play in St. FX when, uh, when Moncton's here. So, like I said, October 22nd, the Wildcats are in St. John's. So, that one's on CHL TV. You can watch that at any time. You can go down and watch that uh, – Watch the Stewart and the Stewarts and Hudson uh, play against Mika Sear for the, the, UDM. The law firm of Hudson, Stewart, and Stewart. <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, I mean, that'll do it for, for us. Uh, I hope you guys got your season tickets, booklets. Um, if you didn't, you can pick them up on, uh, I believe, Friday from 12 to 4 at the Roar store. Some highlights of the season ticket, obviously. The Wildcats, as most people listening to this know, are not paying me to say this, but... They got the program with the actual 50-50 game day, but they've got the app now for savings on stuff. What I was interested in, some of the events that's going on. Themes, events. Uh, Pink in the Rink is October 15th. They've got a Halloween game, so please, I hope that they promote this thing. It's Sunday at 4 o'clock. Let's have kids wear their costumes for free candy. Let's do it. Um, November and Day. November 11th, Remembrance Day, Teddy Bear Toss. Uh, but they got a St. Patrick's Day game. On a Friday night. On a Friday night. Boys, I'm getting liquored. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got here? Friday, March 17th against uh, the Icelanders. Uh, Friday, 7 o'clock. Come on. Holy jumpings. That is. I don't think we've ever. It's been a while since we've had a St. Patrick's Day game. I know they were in St. John. Yeah. On a Friday or Saturday yeah. at home. Yeah. Uh, there better be some green beer pouring in that one. Oh, green beer. Jumping, I kind of hope that they have jerseys for this. like a Maybe not a Halloween jersey, but a St. Patrick's Day jersey. They're going to have the pink in the rink. And if you're going to make a theme night, make a theme night. Everything. And then uh, there is a rumor out there that there is a potential... Retirement of yeah. a jersey going up at some point this year. Um, this is not any inside information that I have or that I have been told by anyone, but if you just look at the Q Media Guide that was tweeted out, mm-hmm. it's a it's a certain goaltender that uh, mm-hmm. should have his number 29 put mm-hmm. to the rafters. Mm-hmm. So I am not sure how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were 1A and 1B, but I just, I, I'm under the... Uh, Mm-hmm. The number eight for me, but I don't know how you feel about it. Well, being a, a, a player that, or being a player, being maybe, a, you know, someone if, who's if up. number eight gets a cup, then maybe you think that's what it's. More I, the, I think. Well, Corey Roberts got like two, right? Yeah, he's got two. Yeah, two or three. Um, so and you can't go wrong with either one. But. No, of course not. And um, I think it's success at the next level. Yeah. Um, and which if is always and, the junior hockey. Is it 
success at junior hockey or is it success yeah. at the next level? It's, um, you know, you're right. Uh, Connor Garland will eventually uh-huh. have his jersey up there. Nobody's had his worn his number eight ever since, I don't think. Nobody's worn a number, a number 11 ever since. So there's um, clearly... Has somebody worn 29? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'm, you know, the fact that so, nobody's worn, yeah, the fact numbers. nobody's worn number eight or number eleven since leads me to believe that they are eventually going to be, yeah, you know, these are the numbers that they're kind of got their eye on for future retirements. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, accomplishments at the next level is clearly what they're going for when they're when they're going to retire the Corey Crawford's jersey, which is not which is not a bad thing if you're gonna. If you're going to go off something, either junior success or that, mm. um, we have, like I said, no prior knowledge on this other than it's in the media guide. It was in the media guide last year, so take that for what you will. But if I had to guess, he's on Friday, October 28th ticket against Gatineau. I wonder why that could be. I wonder. But hmm. could you imagine Friday, October 28th, uh, Jersey retirement, Sunday, October 30th, Halloween? Oof. That's a pretty decent. Uh, I'm just trying to quickly. Good weekend. Yeah, that's a good weekend of uh, Wildcats hockey. Um, again, I mean, stay tuned all year to obviously this show because it's awesome and we love you and you love us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going back with the post game shows live on Instagram. Yeah, I uh, forgot about those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe there'll be some nights where Boucher will join. Hey, maybe, and uh, you know we'll have a good time. But I guarantee, after that St. Patrick's Day <laughs> game, I'll be out right here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Corey Crawford, 2000-2005, uh, obviously Nick Riopelle, he wore it, 2006-2010, uh, and then Roman Will. Yeah, 2012. Roman Will, yeah. But that's it. Yeah. That's uh, that's it. But yeah, again, stay tuned to the socials all year. We're going to be tweeting during the hockey games, um, Instagram Live, post-game shows. We're we're gonna do our best to keep you informed all year, and uh, you know what? This preseason shows are now over. This counts for real. We're gonna get a real good indication of this uh, of this group as they go back to back and a home and home against Cape Breton this Friday, uh, the twenty third, and then home opener. The circus is in town, and the main attraction is the Moncton Wildcats. Hopefully, the circus isn't in a defensive zone. Yes, yes. Hopefully, it is let's not. Ke- but let's keep the circus off the ice. <laughs> This isn't the this isn't Cape Breton we saw last year. This will be a very good indication in the first two weeks. Everyone's healthy, everyone's rested. Uh, it should be fun. So get your tickets for the home opener Sunday at four. We may have tickets to give away, uh, but there are still lots of tickets left at Ticketmaster. Once again, thanks to all our guests uh, in the preseason. Um, you know they're they're what gives this show legitimacy. Um, being able to, you know, interview media types all around this uh, this division, and again, apology to Willie Paloff and uh, Pat McNeil for some terrible uh, terrible audio, but we will have you back on. And again, thanks to Jake Stewart uh, of Saint FX to jump on talking about his time with the Cats and uh, this upcoming season at Saint FX. So hope to see you guys Sunday at four at the Avenue Center as the Wildcats open the home season against the Cape Breton Eagles. See you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.